Girlfriends, Girlfriends Share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? Well, welcome to Girlfriend It. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt, and I will be your host for today. And I'm speaking with Jody Nisnek, author of several books. But today we want to unpack her latest book. This is our second episode with Jody. And we we teased you uh, with the last episode saying we were going to unpack her book called Crossroads, A Study of Esther and Jonah for Boldly Responding to Your Call. And instead, we got so involved in uh, talking about stories and life that we really didn't go deeper into your your latest book, Jody. And I, I mentioned to you, so I, I started doing this Bible study with my two daughters and it's it's kind of cool because um, I don't. I, how many daughters do you have? I have two. You have two as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting when when you have been doing ministry mm-hmm. all these years, and then you say to your daughters, "I really want to do this study with you." They kind of run <laughs> because as their mom, they're like, "Oh, great! You know, we'll do our own study, mom. We're good." And uh, so I, I did it in such a way, we have coffee together quite a bit. And I said, you know, let's let's just unpack it five, 10 minutes and just kind of talk about it. And I love the way that Crossroads is written because it you can do it. You can take a lot of time and really journal, or you can just ask a couple questions. And, and that's what we've been doing is just having these conversations. So I just want to thank you hey. for literally hearing God's calling and, and writing, writing this book. And, and I have to say, I also, this is confession growing up as a Christian in a Christian home, hearing Jonah over and over and over again, and hearing Esther over and over again. I, my first reaction was, yeah, I'm going to thumb through this. (laughs) And I didn't, I didn't thumb through it. I actually found myself stopping and reading the words. You have a different twist and uh, I, I just really appreciate your thoughts and your process. And I, I'm talking a lot because there was a lot that you ha- you have in there. And I don't know if it's just, you know, for such a time as this where it just hits you in, in a certain way. But uh, there was a, a couple of things that I um, that even in the conversation with my girls of, you know, just talking about Jonah and being in a place of when you're asked to go in to do a calling, how you, you sometimes our first response is, I need to pray about it. And which is great. I'm not knocking that. But I like with Esther, she boldly and courageously moved forward. And there was a time where she was saying, okay, let's, let's fast, let's pray. But I have, I have found that working with women for so many years, um, I think sometimes this is going to sound very judgmental, but I think sometimes we use, I'm going to pray about it as an excuse. Mm -hmm. And 
then there's like, well, I didn't hear anything from God. So no, I'm not going to go and, and lead in this direction, or I'm not going to go help you, you know, do this retreat. <laughs> and you're like, sometimes you just have to say, okay, God. And then from there, he puts us down those steps, but you have to just move. And I guess my reaction is say yes. Okay, God. And then from there, see where he's leading you. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I, I actually really love how you just summarize some of that stuff up. I think we do, uh, use pray about it and then we don't really pray about it. Um, or we pray about it, but we talk to God and we don't actually create space to listen to what he's got for us. Mm -hmm. And that, um, you know, the, the thing about Esther so the comparison between the two of them, I think is really interesting because Esther is kind of like our positive example. She's the one that's like, goes and she, she says those beautiful words, you know, and if I perish, I perish. Um, and the, the words that we all love of Esther, um, I've got them on my wall is Esther 414, um, which is what, you know, kind of her adoptive father speaks over her. And he says, but who knows that you've come to this royal position for such a time as this? And like, that's what we're like, yeah, for such a time as this. And 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 she boldly does this thing. Um, and she truly could have died. Um, in that day and age, going before the king unsummoned, which is what she did, she, she really could have been killed. And he was kind of an erratic man that she was going to. So that was, that was a real plausible thing. Jonah's kind of our, our negative example because God tells him what to do. And he says, no, thank you. And he runs the other direction. God pursues him, you know, gets him, you know, you, you know, the general story of Jonah, he actually does go do what God asks him to do. He's reluctant the whole way but he does it. Um, and I just think we have some of Esther and Jonah in us. Like there are times when I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go do this thing. And then there's times where I'm like, eh, eh, I think I'll just pray about it a little bit more and maybe see if he gives me something easier to do or something that I want to do instead of this really hard thing that I think he's calling me to. Um, so I do think we resist a lot. Um, and we package it up a little differently. I think there are times when we do actually run the other way. Um, God is telling us to do something or let something go and we are just clinging to it. Um, but then there's, there's times when I think we just drag our feet so much so that the opportunity eventually just passes us by because we just, it just has to, <laughs> there, yeah. there's, a time on some of these things and, and time keeps moving, even if we're going to like dig our heels in and just sit there. So, yeah. Well, for, for me, when I, I remember being in high school and I was all about, you know, I'm bold. I'm, I'm going to, you know, uh, and if I perish, I perish, you know, I, I was that kid, but then I, the next day I'd be begging God, like we would have these, um, uh, missionaries come and talk about, you know, in Africa and what they were having, you know, to do and sacrifice. And I'd be going, please not Africa, God, please don't. <laughs> so I, I was always begging him, you know, don't ask me to do it. I'm going to just tell you up front, that's not going to be who I am. And then since then, I have been to Africa several, several times. And it's always been an amazing, glorious experience. So it, it is funny yeah. how we 
we show up sometimes as Jonah and yet through some of the weirdest tragedies and worst situations are the ones that we've grown the most and literally see his face, you know, and, but, but I still say, okay, be gentle with me, God, like, don't put me in those situations. (laughs) I don't, I really don't want to learn that much. It was beautiful. And thank you for letting me go through it, but not again, not a second time. Yeah. You know, there's, there's this, you know, God gives us the desires of our heart. Um, this notion, this passage actually. And what I have come to understand that is, is that when we are in relationship with the Lord, when we're abiding, submitting to him, our heart's desire becomes his heart's desire, right? So your whole, like, don't send me to Africa. And then when you went, I'm sure that you were excited and looking forward to the adventure and serving God's people in this way, because that became the desire of your heart. And so I love how God is gentle with us in that way. Um, and that he helps us come into alignment with what he wants. Um, usually, I mean, I do think there's sometimes when we go kicking and screaming, which Joan is a good example of that, but in my life, I feel like God has been really kind and gracious to me to help me, um, to help my heart want what he wants for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I do want to say there, there are times, um, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of how to say this. We, you have to be so careful as to listeners of who's listening, but I have been in my church for over 30 years and I love the body of Christ. I, I love, love my church. And when you said, you know, God is gentle with coming into alignment, I, I've, and you know, from being um, a, a pastor and dealing with women in ministry, it's not just women, it's just, it's in every church right now. I feel like the enemy is having a heyday with some woundedness and just hurts uh, that are existing. And I I see a lot of people, I want to say there is a good handful of my dear friends who have left the church and it wasn't an intentional thing. It was a slow, and I I believe COVID even Mm -hmm. had something to do with it where it's easy. Now we're watching it online and the hurts have magnified where we are living in a place of a little bit more loneliness and isolation. So you have more opportunity to have this negative narrative going on and it becomes magnified. Maybe the hurt that took place. And I I've just, I've heard over and over again, I don't know if I want to go back. I don't know if, you know, maybe I'm going to just stay online for a while while I'm healing. And I just want to know if that is in my world, it it just exists. And I'm not saying just in my church, I'm hearing this over and over again from friends from other churches. And I don't know if it's always been this way, but now I'm just in a space with it, or if it's just weird. I feel like it's ramped up. 
um, with you. And I don't know. And I also, Mike, is that just because we're at this age where there's more left life behind us than ahead of us, you know, and like, we've just experienced so much more. I don't know. Um, but it does feel like the temperature has gotten turned up on that. And, you know, when I said that, that God's gentle, that doesn't negate the excruciating pain that we go through. Um, I mean, that doesn't mean that that's been absent from my life or that it's even absent from my life right now. Like, you know, we talked about in the last episode that the Lord's transitioning me out of this pastoral role that I've had for nearly 13 years. It's excruciating. (laughs) I grieved and cried so many tears because I'm questioning why Lord, like, I don't understand all the things that you're doing. And yet I do have enough trust in him. And I've seen his gentleness toward me and his kindness toward me in those like moments where I can like put the fear to death enough to hear his loving voice say to me, I've got you. Um, I've prepared for you. You need to, you know, and it, and then like, I go back to like the agricultural metaphors in the Bible, like, you know, things have to die in the ground to, to come to new life. Um, and, and so in pruning and like all of these things. And, um, you know, we had, we had this huge, I live in the Dallas area and you may recall, like a, in the end of February, we had this amazing ice storm, like unlike anything we've ever seen before. And people were without power for days and it was excruciating for people. Um, and one of the consequences that happened is all of our landscaping has died because nobody plants for freeze in Dallas because yeah. it doesn't freeze. Yeah. And so But one of the things that we did is we went and pruned, severely pruned back our bushes because we thought, well, they're dead. So let's just cut them down to the ground. And you know what? New life is springing out of them like crazy right now. And I just keep looking at them and thinking, oh, Lord, I think that's what you're doing in my life. And it hurts. Um, So gentleness does not negate pain, (laughs) I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I never liked the messages on pruning, um, just, just saying, but you're, you're so right. The, the beauty that, that comes out of, you know, the beauty from the ashes, uh, is, is amazing. And you have a, a part in your book about, you know, praying each day to notice those around us, you know, those who were marginalized or vulnerable mm-hmm. and give us a tangible way to extend our, our love. And you share in uh, you know, Galatians how Paul talks about valuing others above ourselves and humility, um, not looking to our own interests, but for the interests of others. And just pausing right there that when you are going through this, I know for me, I, I went through it where God led me out of ministry and it was very subtle. He was sneaky about it. It wasn't like, oh, okay, Patty, here's your here's your email and this is what I'm doing. It was just the subtle, you know, a job here and a job there and was moving me back into the corporate world. And if he wasn't subtle, when you say gentle, he was gentle with me because I would have been Jonah and I would have gone kicking and screaming because I didn't understand the the movement, the transition. And it took me and then when I finally realized you're kidding me, God, like you completely moved me out of, out of ministry. And when I say that, we know you do ministry wherever you are, you know, everything speaks, right. Everything shines him. But 
it was just a weird transition because all of a sudden I'm back into corporate training where there were times when I I would be o- opening up a session and I would I would want to say, hey, you guys, let's just bow our heads real quick and say, <laughs> and I was like, oh, my word, you know, <laughs> like, don't go there, don't go there, yep. uh, where somebody would even ask a question and you would you know, want to say, yeah, it's just like Jesus in his leadership. Like I would want to go in just like you were in the last episode, you said, you know, I, I felt like Isaac, like you, you would go through that. And I had to be careful. Sometimes I could get away with saying it, but it was interesting how many people would come up to me and say, um, what faith are you? Like they, they knew. And it's like this, this code that you have as believers without ever even saying it. Yeah. But you talk about how, how Paul, um, he talks about valuing others once again, above ourselves in humility. And that's where I, I realized, okay, am I doing this? Is it about me? Am I doing this for me? It was, it was so eye opening to see, am I egotistical? Am I, am I a narcissist? Is that why I'm in ministry? I mean, it was really one of those places where God uncovered some, you know, the, the pride that was, was there. And then I, I thought, do we all have a little bit of pride when you are up speaking in front of women and can you move forward in total humbleness? I mean, it, I unpacked a lot and it was a really, really good pruning experience and talk about humility. I, I will never pray for humility ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Just right. saying. But now in, in the climate of our world, not, I don't want to go there in the political sense, but uh, you talk about rejecting all the ways that the world tries to rank human worth you know, such as our gender, our race, our education, social, social economic standing. Uh, right now, we live in this place where the, the world is putting Christians in a box mm-hmm. and it's a real, it's an ugly box. And then you have this woundedness happening within the church. And I, and I know for such a time as this, right. Was, you know, just that you have in your book, it's like, this is all a part of the, the direction God's going to have us go. But what, what are your thoughts on, on that? And if mm. you even understood that question, if you're able to decode that, I'm really impressed. Cause I was all well, over the place. I threw up, but I had to, there's so, so much yeah, here. Well, so I'll tell you what I've been thinking about as you've been talking. Um, one of the reasons why I even, do that practice. So one of the things that I do in the study is I start each week with kind of a practice. Cause I think a lot of times we just gain a bunch of head knowledge and we don't actually practice it out. And so, um, one of the things that I noticed about Esther is that she would have been one of the lowest of the low in society. I mean, she was orphaned. She was a girl. Um, she was a Jew. So she was a foreigner, um, in this community that she lived in. Um, she had no voice. She had no standing. She, she, she was a nobody by everybody else's, um, view of her. And yet God ordained for her to be the queen and God ordained for her to be the one that would go in and she would actually save the entire nation of Jews. Um, and so I think that's why I wanted us to just stop and, and, and think about like, who do we say, oh, they're a nobody. And, um, 
because they're not, they're an image bearer of God. And so like, if you start to just put on some different glasses and like, look people in the eye when you're in the grocery store or, you know, wherever, wherever you see people these days, because I feel like we don't do very, I mean, we're starting to do more of that now, but like, so when I, I look at people, I, I just try to consciously think to myself, image bearer of God. Like if I, if I notice I'm judging them, ranking them based on all kinds of things. And I think we women are really bad at that. Like we we're constantly evaluating other women and like, you know, we tear people apart with our minds. Yeah. And, and so I just, I really wanted to just try and give us a practice to notice the people around us and try to like move our heart into a disposition of love. And like, what does Jesus see in them? Um, oh my gosh. And he sees them as of infinite worth and, and worth dying for, yeah. um, you know? And so anyway, I, I, does that kind of get where yeah, you were? Going? Yeah. And that's exactly it. I think just with that prayer of what you're suggesting for, for people, it, it does, it puts you in that place. Like I said, that's when I really started unpacking who I was and how I was showing up and what my calling was. And was I getting in the way? And you know, do we all kind of have a little bit of that? Like you said, our mind where we start judging where we just show up differently versus when we're all on the same playing field. And you, you talk about like this distinct calling and going back to the reason why, you know, I, I really enjoyed your book was your flair on that. I mean, talk about a distinct calling that you have had because we have a tendency to do this negative narrative. Uh, I I know I'm a coach and I do mostly, you know, executive coaching, but there are times when I think, Oh, everybody's doing this. Like it's just, everybody's in this niche and you start backing away, but yet this is where God has, has put me and you could have done the same thing with this book. Oh, everybody's, you know, Jonah, Esther. Yeah. You know, there's entire study. Yeah, been there, done that, just kind of like how when I picked it up. But we have a distinct calling, and we've been created on purpose for a purpose, and that is what Girlfriend It is all about. It's discovering that it, rediscovering the it, reinventing your it as we go along in life, and you nail that. And I think that's why I'm so drawn to this book is it, it we all, if we don't show up, with our talents and our gifts and our strengths, then we really are running away um, from that calling. So unpack that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, this is something I'm so passionate about. We got like, so God has created you, Patty, and, and you're the, you, that role is, is filled. I should not try to be like you. You should not try to be like me. We need to embrace our own distinct calling and gifts um, where he's placed us. I mean, it, he, it's no mistake <laughs> that we live in this day and age that we've just gone through this global pandemic that we've, you know, have the, the thoughts that we have, um, that we're in the circumstances that we are in and we get to, um, use all of that, um, for his glory. Ephesians two ten is truly my favorite verse. It has been a life verse for me, um, for really, I mean, almost, 15 years now. Um, and it's, um, you may know it <laughs> that we are God's workmanship. Um, we're his like 
beautiful poem or a masterpiece. And we've been created in Christ Jesus to do good work, which he prepared in advance for us to do. So he's actually already gone before us. He's kind of laid out the breadcrumbs. Um, we just have to follow him. Like, I don't have to come up with the good work to do. He's already created it for me. Um, and so discovering who we are, what our gifts are, um, even the circumstances that he's brought, the experiences he's brought us through, the painful stuff we've come through, all of that he uses for his good and his glory when we surrender ourselves to him. And so, and I think we have these for such a time as this moments, like Esther did, um, but we also have many for such a time as this moment. Um, like, you know, sometime our for such a time as this moment is, is, you know, like kind of obeying that like prompting of the spirit to text a friend. I mean, how many times have you texted a friend and they've said, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, you reach like, how, how did you know? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, well, I knew because Jesus, I responded to the spirit. And then how many times have you resisted doing that? And then you found out later that you had a friend going through something really hard and you're like, oh my gosh, the spirit was encouraging me to do this. And I ignored him. So I think, you know, callings can be little and callings can be big callings can be lifelong. I mean, we're lifelong. Our calling is to be a disciple of Jesus. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it's something I am really passionate about. And I, I do want women to really embrace who they are and realize that even if their calling right now is taking care of their elderly parents and that's all their time is spent doing that's beautiful because you're loving like Jesus loves if it's taking care of little kids or if it's you know driving an uber to make ends meet like I don't know what God is inviting people into but I do know that he uses it and none of it is wasted mm -hmm. and you you put that in such a, a beautiful way it, it might be you taking care of your your elderly parent uh, my husband always reminds me of that because my temperament, I want to do everything on a grandiose scale. And, you know, if, if you do events and there's only 10 people there, you're like, okay, God, why do you even have me here? Like, what is this all about? And he's always so, so good to, to, to ground me and go, uh, mm -hmm. I thought it was about that one girlfriend that maybe just needed, you know, to talk to you and you're there to be Jesus, but you don't know. And, and he always, he always says that about what if it's just to walk across the street right now with a book? Cause I'm not one that's going to go bake cookies, you know, Hey, I just finished this book. This was a great book. I marked it all up. So I hope you don't mind, but if you want to read it, you know, here, here you go. I, it, there's so many little things that we can be doing uh, if we're really asking God and, and I love that you said, just get that space, find that space where we're giving it to him. And I would like to ask you, we have 30 seconds, um, for a quick tip, but I'm, I'm going to give your tip for okay. you <laughs> because, um, finding, finding that space. I think we live in a world where I know I do, even when I'm sitting, you know, waiting, you just jump on your phone and look at your text and look at your emails oh, and, yeah. and finding that space even throughout your day. So with that, we want to thank you so much, Jody, for being on the show today. And uh, we are in it together. So tag, you are it. Listening to Girlfriend It because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. 
hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.